Welcome to the Authors Lighthouse Podcast, helping writers and emerging authors navigate the choppy waters of publishing. I'm your host, Karen Schober, indie author and author consultant. Hello, and welcome to this week's show of the Authors Lighthouse. So this week, we're going to be talking about the passive voice. This is something, as an author, we always hear about not using the passive voice. So let's dive in and find out what it is and how to correct it. So the passive voice is a grammatical structure where the subject of the sentence receives the action of the verb rather than performing the action themselves. This can make writing sound weak or unclear as the focus is on the receiver of the action rather than the doer of the action. Another reason to avoid overusing passive voice is that it can sometimes make it difficult for the reader to understand who is doing what in the sentence. For example, the vase was broken doesn't specify who or what broke the vase, whereas someone broke the vase clarifies that it was that someone, not something or the wind, was responsible for the action. Passive voice can be used when the focus of the sentence is on the receiver of the action rather than the doer. It can also be used to avoid assigning blame or responsibility or when the doer of the action is unknown or unimportant. It can be used usefully in situations where you want the emphasis on the impact or significance of the action rather than who did it. For example, the school was built in 1920, emphasizes that the school exists and when it was built rather than who built it or why it was built. However, using active voice is generally more clear and direct and it is preferred in most styles of writing. Now, notice I said most. The passive voice is often used in scientific or technical writing where the focus on the action or the process being described is rather than the doer of the action. It can also create a more formal tone of writing. To identify passive voice, look for sentences where the subject is receiving the action of the verb and where the doer of the action is not mentioned or is placed after the verb. This really sounds like we're diagramming sentences here, but I, it's important to know. Identify the subject performing the action and make it the subject of the sentence. So for example, the book was written by Jane. That's passive because Jane is after the verb. While right now, the example Jane wrote the book is active because Jane is before the verb and wrote being the verb. To correct passive voice, try to make the subject performing the action the subject of the sentence. This can make the writing a little more clear and direct. For example, the cake was made by the baker can be corrected to the baker made the cake. So just flip it around a little bit. Avoid overusing passive voice and try using a more active voice. This can make your 
writing more engaging, clear, and direct. However, if you're unsure whether using the active or passive voice, consider the purpose and focus of the sentence and choose the best voice that suits your intentions. The overuse of passive voice can make the writing sound weak, indirect, and confusing. When writing, it is best to actually use a mix of active and passive voice, depending on the context and the purpose of the sentence. It is important to note that the passive voice is not always incorrect or inappropriate in writing. Sometimes it can emphasize the reader to the action or to create a more formal tone or avoid assigning blame or responsibility. However, in most cases, using active voice is more clear and concise and is preferred in most styles of writing. Besides identifying passive voice in your own writing, it is also a good idea to watch out for it when reading other people's writing. Reading widely and critically can help you develop an ear or an eye for when passive voice is being used and how it affects the clarity and the tone of the writing. Overall, while having passive voice can have its uses in writing, it is generally best to use it sparingly and with specific intention. By choosing the most appropriate voice for each sentence, you can help ensure that your writing is clear, direct, and engaging for your reader. To avoid this kind of confusion, it is often better to use an active voice when describing actions that have consequences. This can help ensure that readers understand exactly who is responsible for what and can make it easier to hold people accountable for their actions within the story. For example, consider the differences between the passive voice sentence, mistakes were made, and the active voice sentence, I made mistakes. You can see the power in I made mistakes. The passive voice version of the sentence sounds more distant and less personal, while the active voice version of the sentence sounds direct and accountable and possibly even more exciting. Another potential issue with the passive voice is that it can sometimes make writing sound impersonal or detached. This is because the passive voice often obscures the identity or agency of the person or things performing the action, which can make the writing feel less immediate or engaging. Remember, this is also often used in more scientific or formal writing. So it sounds more formal. If you want that and, or need that in your story, then that would be the time to use it. But if you're telling a story, it's better to use the active voice more. Another consideration when using the passive voice is that it can sometimes create wordy and awkward sentences. This is because the passive voice also requires the use of auxiliary verbs such as is, was, has been, and so on. For example, the book was being read by the student is more wordy and less direct than the student was reading the book. And when I use my pro writing aid, it will tell me that I overuse was, has been, is, and other auxiliary verbs. And then I have to go in and correct it. It's better to correct it initially when you're writing your first or second draft than having to go back 
on your third or fourth pass through the book using a uh, computer program like ProWritingAid or having your editor have to go through and find them for you. When the editor's time can be better used improving the actual story. Overall, active voice is generally preferred in most types of writing. And there are situations where passive voice is appropriate or even required. By being mindful of the purpose and context of your writing, you can choose the most effective voice for each sentence and help ensure that your writing is clear, concise, and engaging for your readers. It is important to be aware of the potential advantages and disadvantages of using a passive voice in your writing and to choose the voice that best suits the purpose and context of each sentence. By doing so, you can help ensure that your writing is clear, direct, and effective for your readers. Active sentences are usually more dynamic and vivid and can help create a stronger connection between the reader and writer. Overall, the key to using passive voice effectively is to be aware of its potential advantages and disadvantages and choose the best voice that suits the purpose and context of each sentence. By doing so, you can help ensure that your writing is going to be clear, concise, engaging, and effective for your readers. So that is an intro to passive voice. This show is brought to you by my book, Hollywood Hearts, The Second Act now up on Amazon and in Kindle Unlimited. Beth Edwards didn't think her book would be anything more than her scribblings in a notebook. Never in her wildest dreams would she have thought that her book would become a blockbuster success and a Hollywood game calling. Life would never be the same for Beth and her young family as they headed to Hollywood to oversee production. Robert Cobb, the seasoned actor, had wanted to be involved in the project since he had seen Beth on TV promoting her book. He was amazed at who Beth was. As their characters fall for each other on the screen, they are both confused with what they are feeling off screen. Will true love happen when the director calls out cut, that's a wrap? You like behind the scenes of Hollywood and the romance of meeting and falling for one of your TV crushes, Hollywood Hearts, the second act, a contemporary feel-good romance will capture your heart. Find it on Amazon, a Kindle Unlimited exclusive. The word or words of the day, series or serial fiction. A series is a story that is published in pieces. It's usually in print like newspapers or magazines or like the newly launched Amazon Vela that allows authors publish their stories in a serial format instead of the entire book all at once. Serial fiction is fiction published in, in installments and, is off, and it often ends in a suspenseful spot to make sure to grab you and get, have you get the next magazine, newspaper, or Vela installment to find out what happens. This is a little different from a setting where chapters are posted. The key to serial fiction is to leave the readers hanging for the next installment, even more so than a normal chapter ending. So that is the quick definition of serial or serial fiction.
in publishing news this week. It has been a little bit since we last talked about the court rulings on the Penguin Random House Simon and Schuster merger. Well, that deal is pretty much dead now with the judgment ruling against the merger in federal court. But that doesn't mean that Simon Schuster's parent company, Paramount Global, stopped looking for someone to buy them up. As predicted, the parent company is looking to sell off this part of the company and keeping it on the non-core asset list of their holdings, and that Simon & Schuster does not fit strategically with Paramount's broader portfolio. And that is a direct quote from Paramount Global. Reuters published an article about Simon & Schuster's standing on Paramount's chopping block. While there is interest with HarperCollins and Hachette to purchase Simon & Schuster, they too could fall into the same regulatory issues as Penguin Random House did. This means that Simon & Schuster might look for private equity firms as potential buyers to bypass this issue that torpedoed the Penguin Random House deal. Currently, Simon & Schuster is valued at $2 to $2.5 billion, but with Paramount's releasing their year-end financial results, this could change. Penguin Random House offered $2.2 billion to purchase Simon & Schuster before the court rulings. Uh, this is really interesting to see how larger corporations are working in the publishing world, and it shows that it is about dollars and not creating art. Uh, it's all about profit. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it is separate than creating books and getting them to the readers. Uh, We'll see what happens with this, uh, because obviously this saga is not over yet. So, my personal update. This week had started out very productive, and then I ended up getting a migraine. I don't normally get them, and it has been years since I had my last one. So, this was a good one. It was a doozy. I was grateful that when I woke up that morning, it was raining, it kept the level, uh, the light levels low. But once the storm cleared, I ended up with a blanket over my face because I could not turn down the sun. It was too bright for me. I am fine now, but it set me a little bit back behind where I wanted to be at the end of the week. I am excited to have an upcoming vendor event and we'll do a test run of the table setup. I'll be posting pictures of that from on uh, Instagram and probably TikTok as well uh, over on my author page. Uh, you can find that Karen Schober or uh, Karen Author on Instagram. Karen Schober everywhere else. Uh, the copies of The Hollywood Hearts, the second act, have not been delivered yet, and they're not out for delivery yet. So I am getting a little bit nervous, but I know they're only coming from one state away. So once they're out for delivery, they usually get here pretty quick. The printers have a delivery date of the day before the vendor event. So keep your fingers crossed for me, please, on that one. During the week, I changed the platform that hosts the show. If you notice any issues with the show as we work on switching over to the new provider, please, please, please let me know. You can always email me at karen at theauthorslighthouse.com or message me on social media. 
Your help is very appreciative. I want this show to be able for people to access, but I also want to make sure that the quality is there as well. But most of this week has been spent on promoting both this show on the new platform and promoting Hollywood Hearts, the second act. The launch went well, but I am always looking for reviews and others to help spread the word about my books. If anyone is interested, please email me, uh, Karen at the Author's Lighthouse or Karen at KarenShober.com. So that's pretty much this week what I've been doing. But next week's show, we will be talking about pen names and the 979 issue with ISBNs that's popped up. Don't forget to check out Hollywood Hearts, the second act on Amazon, and have a great week. This was the Author's Lighthouse, a Fireball Studio production. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Author's Lighthouse. And if you like the show, leave us, leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform. It really helps get the show discovered. And also don't forget to subscribe. If you have a topic you would like to suggest for a future episode, email it to karen at theauthorslighthouse.com. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, please support the show at patreon.com slash authorslighthouse. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash authorslighthouse. Every bit helps support the show. This was The Author's Lighthouse, a Fireball Studio production. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Author's Lighthouse and on Twitter at Author's LH. And if you like the show, subscribe and leave us five star review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps get the show discovered. If you have a topic you would like to suggest for a future episode, email it to karen at theauthorslighthouse.com. That's K-A-R-E-N at theauthorslighthouse.com. And if you really like this story and want to help more, please support the show at patreon.com slash authorslighthouse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash authorslighthouse. Every little bit helps support the show. And thank you.